I think by now it's safe to say that the Sacramento Kings are a playoff team. And boy, is that fun for me to say. But for the first time in the history of the Locked On Kings podcast, we can now project towards the first round of the playoffs. So we're going to be going through nine of the best and worst case scenarios for the Kings and their first round opponent right here on Locked On Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season long and soon to be all playoffs long. Today brought to you by Ibotta. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. Go to the App Store or Google Play Store to download the free Ibotta app. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports reporter and producer for ABC 10 and it's fitting I mean it's crazy it's not surprising based off the fact that the Sacramento Kings have not been a playoff team for 16 years it's it's wonderful to be able to have a conversation like hey let's project and let's talk about what the Kings could be doing and who the Kings could be facing in the first round of the playoffs normally this time of the year right we're we're, we're on tankathon running sims every day just hoping to see the kings somehow mathematically uh beat the odds and land the number one overall pick we're paying way too much attention to march madness not just because of our brackets and uh because of the entertainment value and the drama of march madness but to look for the next savior who could maybe come in and actually change the sacramento kings franchise well this year we're going to be paying up to march madness in the sense that Maybe there's some good uh, late first round or non-lottery talent that Monty McNair might draft and add to this Kings group. Maybe a Chris Murray, although I see him moving up draft boards every single day, so he might end up being a lottery pick. Regardless, it's nice that today, right now, with March Madness getting underway, we care about playoffs. And we don't care about the draft. And we're not looking at the number one or number two or number three overall picks in the draft. Although, of course, Victor Wembeyama uh, is not participating in March Madness. It's great to care about postseason basketball. And while mathematically, the Sacramento Kings haven't clinched anything yet, based off of what I've seen from this team, based off of maybe my own misguided, but I think well-placed optimism, the Sacramento Kings, in my opinion, are a lock to make the playoffs. Not the play-in, the playoffs. We're talking top six. And in, in fact, I feel very, very confident that the Sacramento Kings are going to secure home field or home court advantage, that they will have home court advantage in the opening round of the playoffs, which is crazy to think a team that hasn't made the playoffs in 16 years, including the play-in over the last couple of years where Sacramento has tried and failed to even make that 10th spot, can leap that all together, climb one to two rungs up the ladder in one year and find themselves in a position where they're punching their ticket directly to a seven game playoff series minimum. And they might even have games one and games two in Sacramento over the years. When we've pictured the Kings returning to the playoffs, we thought, okay, game three, game four, we'll at least get those two. And hopefully the Kings will win one of those games to ultimately avoid a sleep, a sweep. I think that's how we were all looking at uh, or imagined the Kings return to the playoffs in our heads. Well, now, the Kings are in a position where, again, I think more than likely 
they are going to be hosting a playoff series. They could be the two seed. They could be the three seed. They could fall as far as the four seed. I think that that's the farthest that this team is falling. But based off how they've played since the All-Star break, being eight and two, uh, how well they played against the Milwaukee Bucks last night, even though they lost that game, defeating the Phoenix Suns on the road, led by a bench mob like it's this team has shown me consistently throughout this season that they are for real, that they are they belong here, and that a collapse should be unexpected, not expected, despite our uh, our painful past or our expectations of things just going wrong after 16 years of losing here in Sacramento. So now that we can actually look forward to the playoffs, I thought let's run through nine scenarios, nine different potential opponents in the playoffs that the Sacramento Kings could play and rank them from the best to worst case scenarios. And we're going to start with the Los Angeles Clippers because if everything holds as the standings are now, the third seed Sacramento Kings would take on the sixth seed Los Angeles Clippers. Well, the Kings are three and one against the Clippers so far this season, and they've been perfect in Los Angeles, not just against the Clippers, also against the Lakers. Crypto.com Arena should be changed to uh, the Golden One Center South because the Kings have had a ton of success in that building, including, of course, defeating the Clippers 176 to 175. I would argue, now I know the playoffs are different, I would argue that was the best shot the Clippers threw at the Kings because it wasn't just them scoring 175 points and still losing. It wasn't just them losing at home in double overtime with the Kings coming back from, uh, some would say, insurmountable deficits or or pretty big holes three separate times. Kawhi Leonard played like an MVP. And on top of that, the Los Angeles Clippers had one of the best shooting nights maybe ever. Like they were hitting from all over the floor. It was everybody cashing in from three-point range, not just Kawhi and Paul George. Like Nicholas Batum was having a big night. I think the Clippers shot around, if not over, 50% from three-point range in that game. And still, it wasn't good enough for the Clippers to beat the Kings. Again, that's regular season. I expect differences in the postseason. And one of the biggest differences I expect is that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs are going to be good enough to carry you to some wins. Like they just are. Like my expectation, if the Kings play the Clippers, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard will be directly responsible for minimum one win, probably two. Then the rest of the supporting cast, Russell Westbrook, all the additions they've made. um, Then maybe we see more wins tack on in addition to that. But what I'm not concerned about is this Clippers defense that so many people say is just going to suddenly show up. Like I know Kawhi Leonard made a name for himself on the defensive end and then turned into and developed into this offensive star. I know Paul George is not a bad defender either. I know the Clippers have decent defensive pieces. The Kings offense is so good that even if the, the 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 Clippers suddenly have a renaissance on the defensive end of the floor, it's not good enough to slow down what the Sacramento Kings are doing because the Kings can beat you if you're trying to outscore them in a 176 to 175 double overtime game. Or if it's more of a grinded out game, hopefully the Kings defense is able to keep the game close because we've seen in the fourth quarter when it matters defensively, they're able to step up. Plus the Kings, like I said, have had a lot of success on the road. But here's the reality, and and, and I want Kings fans to listen to me closely here. The Kings should not be favored to win this series. That doesn't mean that I think they won't. And there's a lot of people that do think the Kings would actually beat the Clippers in the series. They should not be favored. I have no idea what Vegas would put out there. I, maybe they'd give the Sacramento Kings more respect than I'm willing to give them just based off of what the regular season record was. 
my expectation would be because of the amount of pressure that's on the Clippers, because the Clippers are built to win championships, that is it. If they don't make the play or don't make the NBA finals, uh, if they don't make the Western Conference finals, then it is a failure, a colossal failure, especially based off the fact that Kawhi Leonard didn't play in back-to-backs and so many guys on that team have dealt with load management all season long to gear themselves up and keep themselves healthy and ready for a long postseason. The expectation should be that this Clippers team makes it out of the first round against Sacramento, despite not having home court advantage. Now that is the expectation. That is not necessarily the reality. In no way, shape, or form are the Kings getting swept by the Clippers. It's not happening. And I would be shocked, personally, if this series ended in five games either way. I think this this is a series that is guaranteed to go six or seven games. And I could see the Kings winning in six or seven. I could see the Clippers winning in six or seven. I think it's a really, really fun, really entertaining matchup. Again, the expectation should be that the Clippers, with their experience and their star power and their reinforcements, should beat the Kings in a seven-game series. The Kings should not beat the Clippers four times. But this Kings team is very capable of beating this Clippers team four times. I think this would be an amazing series. I think it would be a lot of fun if I were a betting man, not to bet against my heart and bet against my optimism. And some of you might be thinking, Matt, retire your optimism jersey with this take. I would not bet on the Sacramento Kings to beat the Clippers in the series. But I think the Kings would give the Clippers everything they can handle. And it shouldn't surprise anybody if the Kings were to actually beat the Clippers in the first round of the playoffs and move on to the second round. But for me, out of the nine scenarios that we're going to go through, the nine different teams, the Clippers are the third worst scenario. Let's get to the worst scenario. That's Kings versus Suns, which good news for the Kings. It's pretty unlikely that this opening series happens. The Kings have, uh, or the Suns essentially have to drop minimum two spots for this to happen. They're currently in the fourth seed. The Kings are in the third seed. They need to drop down to where the Clippers are at six. Now that's only a game and a half difference. So I'm I'm not necessarily saying that it's out of the realm of possibility for the Suns to drop, especially with KD uh, being out for seemingly the remainder of the season with his ankle injury. We still haven't heard if he's going to be coming back uh, for the playoffs. We haven't heard any kind of information about that. Although the expectation I think is that he will be ready to go for the postseason. And Katie is so good that you can just plug him right in. Uh, and I think he'll be able to hit the ground running with Devin Booker, Chris Paul, uh, Deandre Ayton, and the rest of that uh, Phoenix Suns team that also has all the expectations on their shoulders, especially since the KD move, like it's not, championship or bust for them this year necessarily because KD's still under contract and there's a good chance that maybe they replace Chris Paul with like Kyrie Irving this offseason. So uh, the Suns window is not this year or it absolutely slams shut. But if KD is playing, if KD is healthy, there are a lot of people that think the Phoenix Suns are the favorite to come out of the Western Conference and compete for a championship in the NBA Finals against the best of the East. And I can understand that argument. So the Suns would have to drop two spots. Again, that's only one and a half games back to face the Kings in the opening round. Any scenario where the Sacramento Kings drops doesn't really make too much sense in this uh, Kings-Suns matchup because more than likely, if the Kings are dropping, it's because the San- or the Phoenix Suns are the ones that are catching up to them and maybe taking that third seed thrown from them, and the Kings would then drop to four. So thankfully, a Kings versus Suns uh, playoff first round matchup is pretty unlikely. This is the worst case scenario for the Kings with or without KD for the Phoenix Suns, in my opinion. The absolute worst case scenario. This is the team that the Sacramento Kings should want to play the least. Because we know, even though the Kings just defeated the Suns without KD in uh, in Phoenix 
thanks to their bench a couple of nights ago or a couple of games ago, the Kings have had troubles against the Suns, both in Phoenix and in Sacramento, with still one game to play between the two without KD so far this season. The idea of the Kings beating the Phoenix Suns four times is really difficult to fathom. I would be pretty confident that if we get a Kings and Suns opening series, not that I'm not saying I don't believe in this group, I would be pretty confident that the Phoenix Suns were going to win that series. In fact, the expectation around the world, I'd say around the league, I'd say just around the United States, but in reality, around the world, for anybody who pays a little bit of attention to basketball would be, yeah, the Phoenix Suns should be coming out of that series. So again, the expectations, maybe the pressure's on them at that point, and the pressure is not on the Sacramento Kings. And we've seen they can keep games close. They can steal games at times. But the expectation would absolutely be that the Phoenix Suns win that series. Again, the Kings have proven that they can beat anybody. They can beat anybody in the Western Conference. Beating them four times, that is going to be super tough for the Kings in this opening round. Even with home court, in my opinion, the Kings are probably losing the series in like six games. That's just my opinion. That's why this is the worst case scenario for me. Now let's talk about Kings Warriors. For so many reasons, a lot of them are selfish. Kings versus Warriors would suck. Put aside the, and maybe it's it's hard for you to do this because I understand the storylines would be wonderful, like the, the Battle of I-80, right? The Battle of NorCal for the first time ever, not just the Kings and, 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 and Warriors are meeting in a playoff series. It's the first time ever that the Kings and Warriors are in the playoffs at the same time. They're good at the same time. Like there's obvious storylines here, right? A lot of people wouldn't necessarily like the idea that there would be a decent amount of Warriors fans in the Golden 1 Center for Games 1 and 2, and there'd be a decent amount of Kings fans in the Chase Center for Games 3 and 4. I personally am not too bothered by that. Like, I, this is someone who's who's grown up with a lot of Warriors fans and a lot of Lakers fans coming to Kings games over the years. I think it adds to the atmosphere. I think it's fun. Uh, so I'm not necessarily too bothered by that. I am bothered, selfishly, because... With my duties with ABC 10, I'm excited that I'm going to be able to travel, not with the team in their jet, but I'm going to be following the team. I'm going to be uh, covering the team wherever they go in the playoffs for however long they're going. Every single game, road game, home game, I will be there. I've been to the Chase Center. Nice, gorgeous arena. The Thrive City area around the Chase Center is gorgeous. And I'm sorry, anybody who's from a Bay Area, I don't mean to crap on your city because there are beautiful parts of San Francisco. I love Oakland. I grew up going to the Oakland Coliseum for A's games and Raiders games. Like, there are very, very, very wonderful things about the Bay. I had a really, really, really bad experience covering and dealing with San Francisco for the uh, NBA Finals and NBA Playoffs last year. I'll just tell you a quick story. This could be a proper indication or a proper representation of the of the Bay Area. It also could be just sour grapes. But this is my situ. This is a scenario that I faced. It was Game One of the NBA Finals. We're there, myself and my partner, Kevin John, we're covering the things for ABC 10. It's like 11 o'clock. We're shooting in a Thrive City for our 11 o'clock news, and we're doing our post-game show and playing highlights and just doing our thing. The police chief or one of the police chiefs of, of, of the San Francisco um, Police Department approaches us and says, hey, when you're ready to leave, and we were like the last news crew there, said, when you're ready to leave, one of you go and grab the car. We were parked in a shared lot with uh, Oracle Park and Chase Center. They they share a parking lot just a couple blocks away. Said, one of you go and run and grab the car, pull it up, and then load all your gear here in the light in front of the arena, and then leave. And this police chief said, if you walk with your gear, even those couple of blocks to that parking lot, there's a very good chance that someone is going to try to take your stuff, and there's very little that we can do about it. It's like, okay, geez. Now, I'm not saying that 
San Francisco is a crime-ridden, horrible place to to be like the Joker running Gotham City, right? I'm not saying anything like that. But I did not have a great experience with San Francisco. The commute sucks. I'd rather hop on a plane and go to like a Dallas or go to like a New Orleans or go to a Memphis or someplace that I have not been. So me personally, selfishly, I would not like a Kings and Warriors series. Plus, to me, the Kings-Warriors is the second worst case scenario for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, it might be, other than the Clippers, the most likely scenario at this point. Because the Warriors only have to drop one spot to make it happen. And actually, they're tied with the Clippers technically in the loss column. Because of tiebreakers, I think the the Warriors are in five and the Clippers are in six. So it's very, very, very feasible that the Warriors end up in six, the Kings end up in three, and here we go. We're getting our NorCal battle in the opening round. The Warriors are definitely beatable, but the defending champs are hitting their stride at the right time right now. Like you saw Clay Thompson the other night. Um, I think he had like 33 points in the first half. We know Clay Thompson has torched the Kings in the past. And then, of course, Steph Curry. He played like an absolute hero, an absolute MVP against the Milwaukee Bucks on national television the same night as the Kings Knicks game. He is, uh, or was that against the Grizzlies? Might have been against the Grizzlies. Uh, regardless, he he played amazing. Um, he is capable, in my opinion, of carrying the Warriors on his back to a, 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 a series win, a best of seven series win, let alone getting them to the NBA Finals and actually winning the NBA Finals like he did last year. There is a crap ton of experience on this team. And look, I know the Sacramento Kings have proven with their eight and two start since the All-Star break when so many people were concerned that their lack of experience would hurt them. They've proven that they can overcome that experience far more than a lot of people can. But we're talking about a multi-time championship squad extremely well coached a core that has been together for a very very long time that knows how to play with each other not to mention i think the warriors are a picture perfect team to to get to Montes Sabonis in foul trouble like there are a lot of reasons why the matchup with the golden state warriors would worry me again the kings can beat them they have this season the kings absolutely can beat the warriors and, and, and in order for them to win this series home court advantage is crucial like i don't think the kings can afford to lose a game on their home floor in this series this, the Golden State Warriors have been horrendous on the road this year. They're 7-26 and on the road, and I think they have like six or eight home or road games still remaining. So maybe that record improves. Maybe it gets even worse. The Warriors are terrible on the road. So if the Kings want to beat the Warriors in a series, and again, it might be our most or one of our close best-case scenarios. No, I'm sorry, most likely scenarios. They need to protect their home floor. Now, of course, Mike Brown worked under Steve Kerr for many, many years, so he's very familiar with them. So Mike knows how to beat that team, knows how to pick that team apart, but at the same time, does that advantage that the Kings have outweigh the advantage of that team's experience and them being there before? And I, I think it would be a, a really tough series. I think the series would also go six to seven games, and it's one of those similar to the Clippers. I could see the Kings winning in six or seven. I could see the Warriors winning in six or seven. It's one of those series that I have, I have no... I have, I have, I just can't believe that that series would end in four or five games. I just don't. I think two, both teams are, are too evenly matched, and that series would be far too competitive uh, for it to end in six or seven games. That's why Kings versus Warriors at this point is my second worst case scenario. Still got six more scenarios to go before we get to them. Like I said at the top of the show, today's episode of the Lockdown Kings podcast is brought to you 
by a brand new sponsor, Ibotta. Whether it's grocery school shopping and getting a little something for yourself, you're already doing it. You're already out there shopping, so why not get cash back for it with Ibotta? That's I-B-O-T-T-A. You can earn cash back on every shopping trip. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care, pantry goods. Even uh, You can link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 a year in real cash back. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, or you could use your cash back to buy that thing that you've been eyeing, that little uh, toy for yourself, maybe a video game if you're like me, or a Dungeons and Dragons set or a new D&D book. Hey, use that money the right way. A typical basket of groceries is over $50 more expensive at the end of 2022 than the beginning of the year due to inflation. You could earn two and a half times that in cash back from Ibotta or even more depending upon how much you use Ibotta. Ibotta gives you real cash back, not points. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or to gift cards. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKED. Our next scenario, Sacramento Kings versus Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, now we're getting kind of into the play-in picture. The Minnesota Timberwolves are currently the seventh seed in the uh, in, in the Western Conference. And even with Carl Anthony Towns healthy, I'm telling you, the Kings should be expected to win this series. Now we're getting into the realm of, okay, expectations are changing. Like I, I've shared with you coming into this year and, and pretty, pretty consistent over the course of this year, like, if the Kings make the playoffs to me, it's house money. In a lot of ways, I still feel that way because we're getting into a realm of the unknown and we're going to see how this team performs and we're going to get a good idea of what this Kings team needs to do to ultimately turn themselves into a championship contender. Some people seem to believe that the Kings are maybe a little bit closer to that uh, than they should be at this point, which is excellent. Maybe that'll uh, prove true and the Kings will make it to the second round or make it to the uh, the semis or the Western Conference Finals. I have no idea. We'll see how deep they go. We're just lacking that playoff context. But with the expectations of, or, or, or with the realities of having home court advantage, being a top three, at worst top four seed, you should be beating teams like the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, I know a lot of people think that the Timberwolves and the Kings are on similar timelines. And if the Timberwolves were healthy, then maybe those two teams would be a little more even in the standings than what they are. I tend to disagree with that. I think the Sacramento Kings are a better team. I think they play better basketball together. I think they're better well-constructed. Maybe the Timberwolves have bigger names, but I think Sacramento is an ultimately a better team, and they've shown that. The Timberwolves have also shown to be a pretty tough matchup for the Kings. So again, even with Cat healthy, with uh, Anthony Edwards, who loves playing in Sacramento and, and, and always plays well in Sacramento, uh, with Rudy Gobert and, and his defensive capabilities inside the paint, I would ex absolutely expect the Sacramento Kings to win a best-of-seven series against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Timberwolves have to move up one spot, which they're one game back uh, as of right now. In fact, yeah, one game back of the sixth spot with, uh, that the Clippers are holding. They would have to move up one spot or win the play-in with the Kings moving up to two. So if the Kings, which are they're a game back of the Grizzlies at the two spot right now, if the Kings were to move back into two and secure the two spot and the Timberwolves were to stay in that seven, eight spot and win that first game of the, uh, of the play-in, then they're in seventh Kings are in second. 
there's your opening round playoff series. So very possible, not as probable as like the Clippers or the Warriors at this point, but extremely possible. I'll tell you this. Even if I expect that to be a tough matchup, even if I expect both teams to uh, to, to match up pretty well and for the both teams to present problems for the other, right? I would be disappointed with a series loss. I would be disappointed with a series loss. Only way the Kings lose, in my opinion, at this series is if this series goes to six or seven games. If it's ending in four or five, it's because the Kings are beating the Timberwolves. The Kings are just better than the Timberwolves. In my opinion, that's that's the way it is. Now, it also wouldn't surprise me at all if this series goes to six or seven. And you're going to get a theme here through all nine of these scenarios. None of these scenarios, I can really see the Kings sweeping anybody. It's certainly possible, but I would not bet on the Kings sweeping anybody in the opening round, and that's okay. That's fine. I don't. I, the Kings don't have to sweep to and dominate the opening round for us to feel good about where they're at, especially with home court advantage. But the Kings should put this series away in five or six games, in my opinion. To me, the Timberwolves are the fourth worst case scenario out of uh, out of this group. Let's talk about Kings versus Mavericks. The Mavericks actually dropped down to the ninth spot, so they are now behind the Oklahoma City Thunder, who are in eighth. However, the Thunder, Mavericks, and Lakers are all tied in the loss column. Eight, nine, and ten are all tied in the loss column. So the 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 playing and the, the which playing games and the playing spots and playing seating uh, that's completely up for grabs at this point. So this is going to change literally daily. But at this point, let's talk about Kings versus Mavs. The Mavs absolutely should make it out of the playing rounds, right? Like Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving, the rest of that team, how deep they made a playoff run last year. Like the Dallas Mavericks should make it out of the play. And if they don't, they're going to get laughed off the face of the earth, right? Even with those questioning how good of a head coach Jason Kidd is. And I've seen a lot of uh, Mavericks fans responses to my, uh, or to the tweet that I put out there with Mike Brown holding his team accountable. And a lot of Mavericks fans are saying, man, I wish Jason Kidd would do that. Like I get it. Even with Jason Kidd as head coach, if you think he's a terrible head coach, the Dallas Mavericks should absolutely make it out of the play-in, right? They're, they've got to be better than those other teams. They've got to be. That being said, he, they need to win the play-in with the Kings in the second seed, or they need to move up three spots to get the six for this series to happen. This is a series that I would not mind hap- happening at all. I think the Sacramento Kings absolutely would win this series. I love this series for Sacramento. I think it would be extremely entertaining I think there's obvious storylines, of course, with the Kings not drafting Luka Doncic. And I think the Kings would be favored in this series. I think they would be, even with the Mavs experience, even with Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving, how deep they went last year. It's one of those scenarios where, similar to the Clippers, the lower seed has more pressure on them. The Mavs have more pressure to succeed right now. Their window is more right now. The Kings not necessarily so. Now, expectations from the Sacramento side might be, okay, you've got to, you're, a top three seed here. You got to handle your business against the Dallas Mavericks, regardless of how they played last year. And I understand that completely. I think the national uh, pressure and expectation is on Dallas, not saying they would be favored to win by any means. Again, I think the Kings would be favored in this series, but Dallas has more to lose. In my opinion, again, I love this scenario for the Sacramento Kings. I don't think Luca and Kyrie is going to work. I think we've seen in the, the the two games that we saw back-to-back battles against the Dallas Mavericks, the Mavericks, I know this was very, very, very early in, in Luka and Kyrie's tenure. In fact, in fact, Kyrie and Luka's first game together was in Sacramento. But the Dallas Mavericks looked way better with just Kyrie on the floor than with Kyrie or Luka on the floor because Luka ultimately is a phenomenal player, absolutely first ballot Hall of Famer, but he's a ball stopper. 
I thought the, the Mavericks as a team played a lot better when Kyrie was running them. I don't think it's going to work, and the Mavs defense is not stopping the Kings. They're not. Like, the Mavs defensively are not going to stop what Sacramento does. And if you cannot stop what Sacramento does, it's going to be very difficult to beat Sacramento. I think the Kings are winning this series in five or six games. Unless the Mavs figure things out very, very quickly here and catch fire at the right time going into the playoffs, but I, I'm questioning that. To me, this is the fourth best case scenario. Now let's talk about Kings versus Pelicans. The Pelicans are actually two games out of the play-in right now, but they're only one game back of the first or of three play-in spots, right? So this is anybody, I mean, the play-in is anybody's ball game from really seven through 12. I mean, maybe you could put Portland in there as 13, but I'm, I'm, I'm ready to write Portland off at this point in time, even with how great Dame is playing Kings versus Pelicans. Pelicans are the 12th seed. They literally would have to catch fire and move up six spots to six or move up two spots. I'm sorry, move up three spots and win the first play in game and earn the seven seed with the Kings moving up to two. So Kings Pelicans is probably not happening. Now, if the Kings or if the Pelicans move up to nine or 10 and they win both play in games, that means they're the eighth seed and they're taking on the Denver Nuggets. So unless the Kings are moving up to one, which even though they're five games back, I do not think is happening. There's a very low chance that the Sacramento Kings and New Orleans Pelicans meet in the opening round in the playoffs. So if somehow it happened in some crazy way, I think the Kings being together all year versus the Pelicans with their injury issues, and this is assuming that Zion returns and is playing in the playoffs, and I know how good they started their season when Zion was healthy, Brandon Ingram was healthy. They were a top three seed for a little while, right? The Kings were also 0-4 to start the season. That's clearly not an accurate indication of how good this team is, right? I'm not trying to discredit the hot start of the New Orleans Pelicans. I'm just saying this. Even if Zion is healthy, even if some are, are concerned about the matchup and the the length that the, uh, the the Pelicans have, which the Kings typically struggle with, especially defending, right? The Kings being together more, being together all season long, I think should give them an advantage and should adjust our expectations to the Kings should win that series. Now, I think it would be a close series. I think the Kings being together all season would give them the edge, but not the outright or make them outright favorites. There definitely are concerns on the defensive end. How the hell do you stop Zion, right? It's the same way like last night. How the hell do you stop Giannis Antetokounmpo? The answer was the Kings really didn't. I could see the Kings sweeping the Pelicans. I can't see the Pelicans sweeping the Kings. I could also see this game or this series go into six or seven games too. Like this is a complete toss-up of a series to me. Complete toss-up because there's a lot of unknown with the Pelicans. I would expect the Kings to win, but I wouldn't expect the Kings to run away with it. Of course, I wouldn't expect the Pelicans to run away with it. That's why this is that right in the middle scenario. It's scenario number five out of uh, out of nine. Number five is just right in the middle. Not good, not bad. It just is. And thankfully, or maybe, unfortunately, it's not going to happen. This episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is also brought to you by FanDuel. That's, we're well past the midway point of the season. The countdown to the NBA playoffs is here. It's the perfect time for you to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because... 
New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. You can then bet on everything from the money line, the point scores, and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at an even bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more of those bonus bets. It's, it's an insurance policy for your first bet. Bet on the Sacramento Kings to win. If they don't, you get free money back to keep betting on the Sacramento Kings winning. Eventually, you are going to cash in. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, three more scenarios to go through quickly. You've been waiting for it. Kings versus Lakers. I'm telling you, Los Angeles, this isn't what you want. As much as the Lakers are saying it, this is not what you want. That report from Brian Windhurst that the Lakers are eyeing the Sacramento Kings is that first-round target. If they still want that, they're fools. No matter how much you ask for it, Lakers, you do not want to face the Kings in the opening round. There aren't too many teams that should want to face the Kings in the opening round. In fact, when I look at the Western Conference and how crazy it is, I don't think any team is in a position to say they want anybody. I mean, the the the... Denver Nuggets, I guess, can sit at the top of the Western Conference and say, bring on whoever makes it out of the play, and we don't care. Like, we, we should and will beat them. Maybe they can say that. They've earned that. No team in the West should be saying, I want this team. I mean, we're kind of doing it here with best case and worst case scenarios, but I'm trying to be as realistic as possible when looking at teams that the Kings likely wouldn't be and teams that the Kings should be. Doesn't mean they will but they should, or the expectation would be that they beat them. This is just based off my opinion, but the Los Angeles Lakers claiming that the Sacramento Kings are the easiest team for them to run through in the opening round of the Western Conference, they're fools. And here's what needs to happen. The Lakers have to move up to seven or eight, which they're currently uh, half a game back of and win that play-in game with the Kings moving up uh, to two, or the Lakers have to jump to six, which it's not happening, especially without LeBron. I know they're playing better. It's not happening. It would be poetic in so many ways for the Kings to return to the playoffs in their first series be against the Los Angeles Lakers. And I'm telling you, if the Kings get the Lakers, the Kings are going to win this series. They're going to. They're going to win the series. So in so many ways, it would be great for the Kings to take on the Lakers in the opening round. But LeBron and Anthony Davis means, of course, you always have to give that team a chance. Just like Steph Curry is good enough to carry the Warriors to any series victory. Of course, LeBron and AD, if he could stay healthy, are good enough to do the same. So I'm not going to outright disrespect the Lakers. Again, my expectation is 100% that the Kings beat the Lakers in the opening round. I don't think the Kings will sweep them. I know the Lakers won't sweep the Sacramento Kings. I do think the pressure is on the Kings in this scenario, which is a little bit concerning. Like the Lakers are, I know they should have more of a championship or bust kind of window than the Kings do, but with a team that's just trying to scrape and claw their way in through the play-in versus a team that's solidly at the top of the West and wants to prove they belong there. This would be a bad series loss for the Kings, especially with home court advantage. But also the Lakers aren't scary. They're not. The Lakers are not scary to the Kings. The Lakers aren't scary to anybody. I know LeBron James is the GOAT. I know he's phenomenal. I know Anthony Davis is really good. And I know they got better. D'Angelo Russell typically torches the Kings. I don't know why in the world the Lakers were able or how they were able to improve or, or, or pull off the moves that they were able to pull off at the trade deadline. But lo and behold, the, the, the Lakers' um, privilege cashes in again. That being said, they're still not scary to the Kings. They're not scary to anybody. The Lakers, if they make the playoffs, the Lakers are more than likely going to be a first-round exit, whether it's at the hands of the Kings or any other team in the Western Conference. The Lakers are not that good. They're not. 
So yeah, the pressure's on the Kings to win that series. But the Kings should not be afraid of LeBron and afraid of that moment. Maybe the same way that the Golden State Warriors being the defending champs would make them nervous. Completely different thing. To me, this series would probably go six games either way. But I think the Kings win in six. They could win in five. Maybe the Lakers push it to seven. If the Kings have the success in LA that they've had so far this season, there's no chance the series sniffs seven or, or maybe even six. Like the Kings are winning this series. To me, this is the third best case scenario. Let's talk about the Thunder. They've moved their way up, right? Just mentioned that they uh, they leapfrogged the Dallas Mavericks. They're now in the eighth spot. So they're in a really good position. Uh, with the play-in, they could either win that game and make their way to the seventh seed or lose and still have another crack at whoever wins at this point between the Mavericks uh, and the Lakers. Again, we're going to see that shake up a, a hundred more times before the end of the season, seemingly uh, with how close those teams are. But the Thunder, they're a sneaky good team. They can win playoff games. Nobody in this scenario should be expected to be swept. I kind of touched that earlier. Like nobody in this range, the King, whether it's the jazz, whether it's the thunder, whether it's the Lakers, like the expectation should not be that the Kings sweep any of these teams. They definitely can. But out of all those teams, like the thunder, are those one of those teams that I look at and go, okay, their record indicates they barely got in, but they're good enough to maybe win a series and definitely win some tough games. I, I, I like what they're doing. They, of course, would have to uh, stay at eight and win that uh, that uh, first play-in game to get to the seventh seed with the Kings moving up to two in order for this to happen. Very small chance of that happening, but it actually could happen. I think the Thunder defense could absolutely show uh, slow the Kings at times. Uh, Dort is just a really, really, really good defender. The Kings have had success against the Thunder so far this season, of course, but whether it's Dort, Josh Gideon, of course, the star power of, of SGA, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, He's enough of a star to carry them to a win or two in the playoffs as well. The Kings absolutely should be expected to win, and I would be very disappointed if the Kings did not beat the Oklahoma City Thunder. It's kind of the same theme for all these teams in this play-in picture. Like, the Kings absolutely should be expected to win. If they don't, it's disappointing, and we're questioning really if they are as good as their regular season indicates. Given the context, we'll we'll have a better idea of what Monty McNair needs to do in the offseason, but the Kings should be expected to win this. The Kings versus Thunder is the second best case scenario. Now let's get to the best case scenario, which is pretty easy to pinpoint Kings versus jazz. The jazz would need to move up like four or five spots and win the play in with the Kings moving up to two. So it's very much not happening. Like uh, the, the Kings and the jazz still have to meet as part of this road trip coming up. Remember Kings and jazz went down to the wire in Sacramento. So this is a team that could get the Kings some problems, maybe in a game or two, but they're not beating the Kings four times. Uh, Kings should win this series in four or five games. If it goes to six or seven, I would be concerned for the Kings chances in the next rounds. Even if I expect them to win in six or seven, this is the best case scenario for the Kings. So out of all these nine scenarios, if you want to weigh in any of, on any of them, choose which ones you think are the best or the worst, which opponent you would want out of these nine, send those to me, send me those thoughts. Let me know if you're watching on YouTube, comment in the YouTube comment section down below. Uh, send me your thoughts on Twitter at Matt George Sack. You can email me, Matt gmail.com. Let's engage in this conversation. It's a fun conversation to have, right? We don't usually get to have this conversation here on Lockdown Kings. So, of course, we're leaning far, far, far into it, even with the Kings not mathematically securing a playoff spot yet. Look, the Kings are going to be a playoff team. The Kings are likely going to have home court advantage. 
And now we can start getting greedy a little bit and picking and choosing which kind of opponent we want and starting to forecast playoff series. It's going to be a, so much fun. Uh, and, and of course, throughout the remainder of this regular season into the playoffs and beyond, uh, you'll get all of your Sacramento Kings coverage right here on the Locked on Kings podcast. Thank you so much for listening tonight or watching. Really appreciate your support as always. Can't wait to jo- have you join me after the Kings versus Bulls game tomorrow night and then the Kings versus Nets game the night after. A lot more Kings basketball coming your way, which means a lot more Locked on Kings podcasts coming your way. Appreciate your support. Can't wait to have you join me then. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked on Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.